I'm Jesse Parker. And I'm Tommy Niblack. Jesse and I are super excited to share with you episode 23 of The, the Faith, Faith Share. Where we ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. And on today's episode, Jesse and I are joined by pastors Mike Thomas and Rob Walker to talk about the new norm for the church. Hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Hey, folks. It is me and him. It's <laughs> <laughs> your boy Tommy Niblack and Jesse Parker. We're here with another installment of the Faith Chair. Today, we are joined by the one and only Rob Wachter. He is lead pastor of uh, Imagine Church in formerly Grace Road uh, in Black Diamond. Uh, they just recently changed the name to Imagine Church, and we will be joined by uh, the potentate himself, um, Pastor Mike Thomas. You don't stop. You don't stop using the word potentate. <laughs> he he's a senior pastor at Radiant Church in Renton, right? Yeah. So he's going to join us later. Um, but today, just before we get into uh, everything, um, Rob, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and all that good stuff? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, first First of all. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously, my name is Rob. I'm, I'm the lead pastor of a church in Little Black Diamond, which is uh, rapidly changing. It's it's uh, won't be Little Black Diamond anymore. There's no, 6,000 homes going in in the area. Um, so we're seeing a lot of changes there. But uh, we planted uh, Imagine Church January 2017. And uh, yeah, we just recently changed the name and the branding nice. to Imagine Church, which helped align more with our vision. Just kind of interesting uh, with all the stuff going on now. It's it's kind of like we wanted to invoke that idea of uh, imagine imagine a community, imagine Jesus in your life. Mm. So yeah, but I, I lead it with my beautiful, lovely, fantastic, talented wife Annie Walker. And um, yeah, we're blessed. Nice. Who is also a part-time comedian, right? <laughs> She's a part-time comedian. Yeah. yeah. I keep trying to push her to, to make to, to hit the big leagues and go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife would say I'm a part-time comedian too, just not a good one. That is a shame. <laughs> That's a crying shame. And you guys got kids? Yeah. Yeah. We've got four kids. I've got two daughters. 14 and 12. Nice. And we've got two sons, four and seven. So we nice. are load our houses, you know, a, a wild zone, right? So everybody, everybody home. That's awesome. So um, this, this podcast is called the faith chair. Um, Jesse and I started it because we were having some great conversations while I was cutting his hair. <laughs> but now since quarantine, haven't been able to do that. Uh, and as Jesse's, you know, he's, he's making it work over there. Uh, <laughs> luckily, luckily he cut good. me pretty, yeah, right. luckily he cut to me pretty short. So it's lasted a little while. Hey, hey mine's, see, mine's an easy cut. Shape right. That's perfect. I was going to ask you if you were doing, if you were going bald and just <laughs> doing, doing it like that. I'm Heck actually, yeah. I've not cut mine for two and a half weeks. And, um, I'm actually going to cut it. If, if I had as, as much hair as Jesse, I would definitely grow my hair out. 
Me too. We, my wife and I were watching. We were watching this cooking show last night, and there's these two chefs who both like from the front look like they have a lot of hair, but then like yeah. when the camera shots would change, I'm like, why do these guys just they just hold on to that hair? See, like, can't do it. You, you got it's like, dude, you got three different bald spots. Just shave it. Thank and you, bald. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis <laughs> exactly. made bald heads cool. So. Hey, Michael. Jordan and Bruce Willis. Michael Jordan, Michael and, Bruce Jordan and Bruce Willis. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So today we want to talk about um, the new norm. Every everything has pretty much changed with uh, the coronavirus and and now quarantining, and the fact that uh, our meeting spaces no longer look the same. And uh, like, what what do you think the new norm? has to be i guess that's, that's the question the new norm has to be in order for continued success as far as you know nothing's going to stop the spread of the gospel but at the same time like how can we make sure we're still engaging people so that people who've never heard the gospel can hear the gospel people who have can uh continue growing and all that stuff like what is it what does it have to look like now in your opinion in order for when this is all over to keep that um, trajectory of growth still going? Mm. Well, first of all, I think God's doing something huge through all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, God doesn't cause, my personal, God doesn't cause these kinds of things. Right. But he sure does use them. And people are more in touch with their mortality now than, than maybe they've ever been before. Mm-hmm. And when you get in touch with your mortality, uh, you start asking the deeper questions in life. You know, why am I here? Where do I come from? What's going to happen after I die? And I think that from that perspective, we are, we're all more aware of the fact that tomorrow's not promised to anybody. And what that does is it opens up uh, I think a greater opportunity to share the gospel and the weightiness of the words of, of Jesus and the word of God uh, is, is weightier and more meaningful now than it has been in recent past um, in, in, in people that we wouldn't have expected. Uh, so, so to me, this represents an incredible opportunity for a new harvest. Um, and, and so, you know, I think the new normal um, you know, from a church perspective, um, everyone's adapting right now, you know, yeah. uh, everyone's trying to figure out how to stay connected, you know, through virtual groups and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, families are hunkered in and, and right now more than ever, the importance of parents and the importance of, um, answering tough questions and providing the answers through the revelation of Jesus at, in, at the home um, is, is stronger now more than ever. So maybe the new normal is, you know, meeting in, in groups, uh, in, you know, publicly in the building isn't as important as we thought it was, right? And we had better prepare ourselves to be able to um, strengthen our, our home churches, our starting with the family at home. And uh, to me, that's just been a huge eye open. I could see this being almost a test trial for, for bigger things to come maybe years in the future. Yeah, I, I definitely see how 
it's, it, I, th- I think it's an eye opener for all of us in ministry to, to reevaluate what we consider important. Mm-hmm. And, and just like right now, all of the extra, all of the fluff, uh, it doesn't matter. It's not useful. I mean, you know, when all this kind of started going down and, you know, churches, you know, we could meet, there was a, I think it was a Babylon, you know, be uh, article on Facebook, but it was like churches, churches deliver smoke machines for everyone's worship experience in their house. Right. And it's just like that idea that like, there's yeah. so much, so many things <laughs> that we considered important and even necessary that just aren't practical right now. And yet we realized that the gospel is still going forth, that we can still disciple people. Um, and, and I think it's definitely an opportunity to kind of reset our, um, um, the hierarchy of the things yeah. that we've considered important. I, I, I also definitely think that probably <laughs> more so than ever since the days of, you know, every small little local village having a, a local church, there's probably more pastoral one-to-one pastoral care mm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I, I know for me, it's been challenging for me because it's not like really my wheelhouse, like being the one to initiate reaching out and, and talking. Cause I'm not the social one. That's my wife. But um, it's also made me think, like you said, Rob, like maybe the whole like meetings and, 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 and all these different things, all these large gatherings and, uh, different functions that the church has been about. Um, I know I'm realizing, I think other pastors are realizing just how important it is to have that one-to-one connection. And, and, and I've been evaluating how, how much of my hours have been spent on all this other stuff and, and how little of my time as a pastor has been spent, you know, one-to-one with people in our church and connecting with them, checking in on them, getting to know them, um, and how much of it just stays surface when we're meeting in larger groups and that that's not really effective for discipleship. Mm-hmm. I don't really know you. I don't really know what's going on in your life yeah. because all we ever do is meetings um, and services and there's not enough, you know, one-to-one. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 to me, it, it comes back to the small group model, you know, life groups, small groups, whatever you call it, because, one of the things I've always repeatedly said to my congregation is that Sunday mornings is not the most important function of ministry. It's the life groups that's the most important part of ministry because that's when you break and everyone goes to their kind of micro communities and they're ministering and encouraging one another because, you know, a lead pastor might not be able to, to connect with everybody, especially mm-hmm. in churches. But it's that that's not the way it's supposed to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we are empowered to minister to each other in these life groups. So that to me, man, I, 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 uh, I think churches that had a really strong small group model, life groups, where they really were doing that uh, in a good way, in a healthy way, are seeing the benefits of that. We can't meet in person. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and even though we can't meet in, in small groups either, but it's even the virtual groups that way, um, somebody to call, connect with, um, share, and just continue to, to have that support. Um, it's so funny, probably a couple months before all this happened, I, I said to my congregation, I said, life groups, we're launching life groups, you know? And I said, what if we weren't able to meet? What if something happened and we weren't able to meet on Sundays? I wanna know you guys are connected. Yeah. You know, so t- 
to me, that that totally right. It, 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 it's, it's the great equalizer, you know? I like how you said that, uh, the, that Sunday isn't as important as what we do during the week. And you're 100% right. If people haven't had that in place before all this started, I feel like there's a lot of folks scrambling now to figure out what do we do. And I think that, um, well, I like to hear from you guys, like, what do you think people are doing now that haven't had, like, what are the problems you, that, and if you, you might've spoken to some, some pastors who don't have small groups in place or community groups in, in place, um, what are some of the problems that they're facing? Because a lot of people don't want to even think about not ever meeting again on Sunday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's the last thing that, um, that they want to happen. And it, and it honestly, it terrifies them. I, I know, uh, pastor right now, that's, it's, it's a very, very scary thing to, to have the thought of what if we don't meet on Sunday morning again? Um, so what, what have you been hearing? What, what, what do you think are the biggest obstacles for people who haven't had that in place? I think, I think what I've seen is that, you know, so we, we have a lot of, we have a lot of stuff going on during the week in terms of like zoom meetings and things like that. We have, we're still doing our youth ministry. We've got two Bible studies. We've got a social hour, a prayer hour. Um, and I think what I've noticed is that the people engaging in those are the people who were, um, in small groups, like official small groups are also those who engaged in, in, you know, social interaction with each other outside of church. Um, and what I've seen is that all the, most of the people who weren't involved in these small groups um, or weren't the ones who hung out and engaged with each other socially, but were kind of like the in and out on Sunday morning people, like they're nowhere to be found. You know, they don't respond yeah. to calls. They don't respond to emails. They don't jump on the Zoom calls. And so you, you realize this, the part of your church that was connected and invested in the side of it and, and the, those who weren't who were just there for the Sunday morning um, and aren't really interested or even feeling the need to connect with the community during this time. And I think that's probably, there's probably a lot of pastors having some real eye opening moments in the midst of that realizing um, maybe some of the deficiencies, the need for small groups. I mean, if we didn't have any small groups, we'd probably be seeing even less engagement and connection right now. Um, so luckily we have a few, we were actually in the midst of like fully launching a church wide small group ministry right, right when this hit. So we didn't get a chance to get it off the ground, but that's what I've seen is that the people who are engaging were the people who were already really engaged and everyone else is just crickets. Yeah. I would piggyback on that because church, you know, people, people are looking for, um, and many, many times people are looking for churches and they're, they're searching for things that might not really be as important as, as they should be. Right. So they they, they want, they want the, you know, the best worship in town. They want the, the best facilities in town. They want all wow. the reality. It's the community because when push comes to shove, um, if you're jumping from church to church and it's all about the programs and how well polished everything is, and we want professionalism and excellence. I'm not saying that it's not important, but it's, it's not as important as the actual community. And when you're 
when you're jumping from church to church or when you're refusing to engage in community in the church you're at, um, when this kind of thing happens, you realize just how important that interconnectivity is, um, where you had that you had that infrastructure and built those relationships. Is right now it's a lot harder to do than, than when we could meet in person. So I think I just see that as one of the good things that can come out of this is yes. you know, carpet color arguments and arguments over holistic <laughs> things are absolutely sound pathetic at this right. point, right? And getting offended, easily offended, and all these things that happen in churches that we've all experienced, um, man, now everyone's like, we better bind together. Yeah. You said uh, focusing on things that are of most importance. Mm-hmm. And now they don't seem as important as we made them in light of all that is going on. And I, I think that is huge. That is so huge, especially with Easter coming up. Um, as long as I've been alive, I've not experienced anything like this. I've been to church every Sunday, uh, well, this uh, is the first every time, Easter Sunday. This is the first time in the U.S. history that we've yeah not able to meet in person for church. Right. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, now the thought of it is crazy, but the actual application of it with all that, uh, we understand about, uh, the fact that the church is, is us, you, Jesse and myself and, and everyone else, if the church is us and it's not, it's not about the actual building, but it's about the people, um, being the hands and feet of Jesus so that he can use us in, in our homes, in our neighborhoods and our jobs and all this stuff like that. Um, but we've placed a humongous importance on the building and being in the building that thinking of it like that is like an atrocity. It's like, are you kidding me? We can't be in, we can't be in the building on Easter. Um, and it's made me definitely think of, uh, think about what's really important. And I'm so glad you said that, uh, because yeah. And even when Jesse said about the meme fog machines for, for your, for your house, (laughs) so you can have the fog machines and lights at home. That's hilarious. We, it's, it's funny, but that's what we made it, you know, and it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy time to, to be uh, a, a church leader <laughs> and helping people who have been in church for all their life understand that it's not about the church as much as it's about. And Jesse said this, um, or it was either Jesse or Rob, one of you guys said, finding out, okay, how are you doing really? How are you? Cause Sunday we might, we don't have that. We might not have that actual chance to be like, Hey, how are you really? And sitting down and, and uh, sharing with each other what's really going on and doing what uh, I think it was James that said, praying for one another so that we can find healing. That really doesn't happen on Sunday. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. And I also, I also think like, and we've talked about this and I'm continuing to talk about this um, is that I think what, what this whole situation is really highlighted for those of us in the church who are willing to see it is that Sunday mornings have become in a way an idol to us. Like it, so much of ministry is focused and centered around this this event, this uh, 
um, thing that happens on Sunday mornings that we can't, hey, Pastor Mike, um, that we can't, it's hard for some people, both churchgoers and, and pastors to imagine what it looks like to have church without a Sunday morning gathering yeah. because Sunday morning has become such a focus. And even, even East Easter, um, kind of like the pinnacle of that idolatry, like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, we can't meet in person on Easter. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to the church? This idea mm-hmm. that if we can't meet that somehow, like we can't have relationship and somehow the gospel is, isn't going forth anymore. And, and what are we going to do if we can't meet physically in a building? And it's just like, when did the church building become such an object of, of, of worship for us as Christians? And I think that the, the opportunity that's presented itself is to, to look outside the box. And it's just an amazing chance for people to really consider and live in that that picture of what it looks like to be a good neighbor right like i love about forget about being a good christian or a good church member right of doing all the stuff and and being a part of all the programs and and having perfect sunday attendance at church but now it's about like how am i being a good neighbor how am i loving my neighbor how am i loving my family how am i engaging the gospel and the christian christ-likeness in my day-to-day life, in my day-to-day relationships, right. and the people who are closest to me. Um, and, and I think that's amazing because it, it takes away the ability to live in this kind of facade of, I'm, I'm a good Christian because I go to church. Mm-hmm. Now we can't go to church. So now it's, it's really a question. <laughs> it's the rubber meets the road. Like, are you really right. about this life? Right. Or, right. Or, or was it just a game? Yo, no. Pastor Mike, before you hold, hold your thought, Rob, uh, Pastor Mike has just joined us, and uh, thank you for for being a part. We are um, answering the question: What's the new norm? Um, uh, what's the new norm right now? And what will we learn? What will what will we need to learn in this new norm to take into when this is all over? What practices Amen. should we take into? So, Amen. Um, Pastor Rob. I, I was just going to, I was just, welcome, um, Mike, it's nice to meet you. Uh, Likewise. Pastor Mike. Likewise. Uh, I was just going to share how in Hebrews chapter one, where Hebrews is a book of really a new covenant book, but it's, it, the author contrasts Jesus to every other, every other option. Yeah. Jesus, and it starts out with Jesus is greater than the angels. And that doesn't mm. resonate in modern Christianity because we don't really, struggle with worshiping or idolizing angels but back then they did what we've replaced angels with is you know being up on the stage our our idol has become being great preachers or you know being on the worship team yes sir and and i love that because this is taking it all away there's no there's nobody gonna be cheering you on you know when you're up there saying oh what a great job you know, because <laughs> so it, what, where was our identity? Where was our ministry identity or our, our Christian identity, identity, church, mm-hmm. events, right. right. Preaching a great sermon, mm-hmm. all of those things. So, so th- I, I just love how, how this is just stripping away. All stripping of, it all. going to come out better, better and, and, and grown up a little bit more after this. Lord willing. So pastor Mike, what, what do you see? Uh, is the new norm, in, in, in your opinion, uh, what should we be 
what should we be, and I wish I had thought about this er earlier, but what should we be taking into the next phase and what should we be leaving? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I'm, what I'm saying? I'm going to like, maybe before you jump in, just introduce yourself. Oh yeah. Bit. Introduce yourself. Sure. 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 Thank you. Well, it's good to be with y'all. Um, it, uh, my name is pastor Mike Thomas. I'm pastor radiant, uh, covenant church. Uh, we are a, a seven year old church plant, uh, um, concentrated in the downtown Renton, uh, community. I'm originally from Chicago. So that means by default, I'm not scared of anybody. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, married for, it'll be 20 years this September. Um, my wife and I are together have four kids and, uh, we, we love Jesus. That's our story. We stick into it. So that's me. <laughs> and it's just good to be with y'all, uh, on this good Friday. Um, so yeah, I, I love this conversation. I think it's no secret that, uh, any Christ centered church or organization around the globe mm -hmm. has been processing this very thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, for one, am excited for several reasons. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, um, uh, my opinion is in terms of what we can take away and how do we understand this new normal? Because I believe whether the pandemic is over by May or right. uh, by the end of the year, I I not only uh, predict the church will never go back um, uh, fully, at least it won't it won't ever fully go back to business as usual. But I venture to say I pray that it doesn't. I think that yeah. I think that this situation, we got to remember, never had God in heaven scratching his head saying, "I didn't see this coming." Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. God is God is sovereign, and all things work together for good according to uh, His purposes. And, and like so, you know, like Rob said earlier, Pastor Mike, too. This is in terms of at least in terms of the U.S. This is an unprecedented situation. It's unprecedented. We, we've we've had we've had outbreaks and disease and stuff in our history that was really really bad, way worse than this even. Yeah. But we've never had a situation where we couldn't meet together in the church building. And I'm gonna push it. And I'm gonna push it even further, bro. This is historically globally. Yeah. Right. And what I mean by that. There has never been a time in human history where the whole world, the whole world, was doing the same thing. Right. Whether in Renton or in Russia, you right. stand at home. You hear right. me? This, yeah, this right. thing is crazy. Right. This is never, and I don't believe that this is an opportunity for the church to miss what God is doing, uh, and mm -hmm. the fact that uh, uh, for as long as there's been Christianity. One of the main pushbacks of why people didn't become deeply rooted disciples, didn't accept Jesus, didn't come to church, is I don't have time. Right. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And now you ain't got nothing but time. Mm -hmm. So now what's your excuse? And I don't think that God is allowing us to exist in this season just for the church to say, I caught up on everything on Netflix. Right. <laughs> right. This is right. This is not supposed to be our testimony on the mm -hmm. other side of this, right? Mm -hmm. That I really believe a lot of what we're supposed to be doing as disciples and growing in faith was to prepare us for this moment mm -hmm. of, of how the church can remember. And I think I heard one of you all said as I was getting on, and, and thank you so much for allowing me to come on late. I, it is Good Friday. The biggest drama happens on Good Friday, and I'm still a pastor. I had a, I had a family that had a code red and they needed to zoom 
would they pass it right quick. So I hear you. Uh, but God be the but to God be the glory. But uh, I just believe that um, yeah, man, uh, uh, things are gonna change. Things are uh, and they should be different. And the church is supposed to be prepared uh, to disciple people in this season. So I'm saying all that mm-hmm. to say, um, I believe the new normal should be triggered by uh, what I hope this whole COVID-19 crisis has been challenging us, meaning the big C church to ask, which is how I believe there are certain fires. Let me start it like this. There are certain fires that are designed to refine Mm -hmm. and there are certain fires that are designed to reveal. Uh, I think COVID is a revealing fire. And um, uh, let's be honest, whether it's churches, uh, I had to deal with uh, several members, several leaders, several staff people, and we had to say, ah, this is what you're like in a pandemic. See, now you, <laughs> you, you're jumping. I was, that was going to be my next question because we, uh, crisis always pushes to the forefront what's really in you. What's really in you. That's yeah. right. So, so saying that, so saying that as we, as we process this, I think, uh, the church needs to ask itself, how has COVID revealed what areas in our ministry in which we can be honest and admit we've been majoring in the minors? Yeah. What's, what has this revealed that is like, why are we spending all this time and energy worrying about uh, meetings? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? It's like, is this really drawing people to Jesus? What? And I love how right now the church is focusing in the stripped down essence. We're making sure people get to Jesus. We're right. making sure that people are disciple. Yeah. Uh, I never had this many people excited about. We're doing something called digital discipleship. Got got the church on on Zoom, and I'm taking them through the text how to grow deeper. Um, uh, people are saying, how can we serve? How can we uh, get groceries to people? How can we get masks to people? How That's can we up. serve? Um, uh, our our uh, multi-purpose facility sits at the on the first floor above an apartment complex for uh, homeless veterans or, uh, or people in transition. In six years, the Veterans House ain't never been excited about our church service. Wow. But when we start giving out groceries and becoming a makeshift grocery outlet, mm-hmm. <laughs> to see people see me and Kim walking into the office and they cheering from their window, thanking God for the church, I'm like, why the heck would we stop doing this? Right. Yeah. This is yeah. amazing. It's like those t-shirts. The church has left the building. Yeah. Have you seen those shirts? Yes. It's. Oh man. Yeah. We that's we, it. we wear some we wear some killer. We I, I ordered for our our live stream Sunday. We going ham for Jesus, dog. I got some killer shirts uh, for our for our worship leaders, for me and Kim to wear. But um, man, I'm telling the church, and y'all can take this too if you want to use it. I'm telling the church on Sunday. I don't think it's a coincidence that on Easter we're excited. Guess what? Because the tomb is empty. Mm. And I'm going to say, and I wonder. You see that? (laughs) We're excited because the tomb is empty. And I wonder, will God be excited because these church buildings are empty? Yeah, yeah. Meaning, what is, is, shoot, can God be excited that the reason why the church building is empty is because we remembered 
the church is not a building. The church is the people sent out to be light in a broken and dark world. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I so to answer that, I'm I'm excited, man. We we restructure uh, how our budget is being used. Mm-hmm. We restructure mm-hmm. on. I, I told I told my board. These are the four areas I'm dealing with: preaching, pastoral care, um, leadership development and discipleship, and community engagement. Mm-hmm. Anything else doesn't matter. Right. They're like, "Amen." Not I, I ain't trying to. How do we do a capital campaign for this or, or that or whatever or or all this other stuff? Where in this context is it would be majoring in the minors. Yeah. What are we doing as the church? to get people in love with Jesus and to grow as deeply rooted disciples. That's our, that should have been our agenda from the beginning. And I think this virus is forcing the church to understand that has to be our, our goal. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me twisted. Uh, when, when we're able to go back in our buildings, everybody know every church, man, if, if, if that service ain't going to be off the chain, right. it never exists. Y'all know it's going to be hell. That first service, y'all. I I almost don't think no preacher gonna preach. I think it's gonna be a Holy Ghost party. That is it's gonna be insane. (laughs) So how how I was telling um, our Bible study I was telling our Bible study (laughs) last night, I said, how crazy would it be if the first Sunday back was Pentecost Sunday? That's hilarious. Yes, sir. So how 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 are you guys at home? And 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 um Rob mentioned this earlier, but I wanted to ask you, uh Mike, how was it how is it happening? Because we, we said earlier, as the, as the home goes, so goes the church. Yeah. How are you finding uh, leading now? Because it's not just a new normal for church leaders right. in the church. Right. It's a new normal for pastors at home with their Come kids at now. home, with their wives at home, everybody's home. Um, yeah. And um, like, what is it like now for you leading at home mm. as opposed to because every week b- before, two week, three weeks ago, it's been prepare for Sunday, prepare for Sunday, or in most right. cases, prepare for Sunday and Wednesday. Um, right. And a lot of that for a lot of preachers was, for a lot of pastors, I should say, senior leaders, um, was maybe I get to spend two, three hours a week with my wife. Maybe I get to spend 30, yeah, 30 yeah, yeah. minutes with my kids. Um, I don't really know my kids that well. My wife doesn't really know me that well. Um, yeah. What's the new norm now for the spiritual leader who is home, who has, who is meeting in a sense their family for the first time? Man, that's good, Doctor. So I would I would say first of all, context context um, context uh, is very important for me. So I I I understand, you know, all of us we're not cookie cutter preachers mm-hmm. or in cookie cutter situations. Everybody's a little different. So because I grew up in the church, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that was one of the things even seven years ago when we started Radiant as best as we could. I won't say that we always hit this mark, but as best as we could, we tried to proactively lead uh, avoiding that level of unhealthiness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, wanted to make sure that my kids didn't grow up hating Jesus in the church because they felt like he stole their daddy Uh, or my marriage wasn't (laughs) right. Right. Because I'm I'm an eight on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm an extrovert. I don't know how to be Me fun. too. So Me too. My ch- if I was arguing with Kim, the church going to know it. You hear yeah. me? If, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to be stage ready. So right. Uh, right. Um, 
Right. And, and I found out, praise God, that's worked to my advantage because our church is full of real people. We don't we don't know how to do passive aggressive. Right. So um, saying all of that, um, as we tried to do that, you but you're right, man. When you're playing the church, man, that thing will consume you if you're not careful. Yeah. And so uh, one of the things that we've been doing in this season is really just getting back to that. One of the best things and I pray that this is true in your context. My people have always encouraged me. Uh, they said, Pastor, as much as we love your preaching, the model of your marriage and your family has been the mm. best sermon we've ever seen. Wow. Wow. And I get more people. And reason, and, and the, the counseling session I had this morning was because of a family issue. And they wanted to talk to me because they see, uh, you know, I mean, we ain't the Cosby's. I mean, right. the Cosby show. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. We ain't the Cosby show. But... But, you know, they know we're healthy. Oh, we're not perfect, but we're healthy. Right, so, you right. know, because of that authenticity... That's all you can ask. ask for help. Right. Just, you just want to be authentic. So I think in this, in this space, uh, yes, we have been promoting, even when I preach, even when we go live stream or do Zoom stuff, I'm letting them know, y'all pray for me. My daughter wanted me to do some TikTok. I don't even know what that is. And huh. we hanging out. And, you know, <laughs> now they want us to do our own version of Thomas Master Chef and all this kind of, you know, I'm letting them know we're right. hanging out. Right. And and we're prioritizing that and that's fun because we don't know when we'll get another opportunity. Absolutely. To be present with our babies and be present with one another. And the more I get to do that, the more of a healthy preacher you're going to see in front of you in front of that camera. Absolutely. So it's just teaching people, I think, to answer that question. Uh, we got to model it and, mm -hmm. and take that time. And I think that is the thing uh, what pockets of this pandemic has been a blessing for us to do things that we've been putting on the back burner that probably should have been on the front burner right. for a long time. And that is self-care. Um, that is uh, being aware of our kids. They are growing up faster than we think. Right. Um, um, being connected to them, being connected to our spouses, uh, and, and letting our people, as much as this, uh, we, without... without um, overgoing boundaries, but letting our people see that, that that is a part of how we maintain our sanity and our health in the midst of this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think like you guys said too, like situations like this, um, they, they're kind of like a magnifying glass. They're going to magnify what was already there and you may right. or may not like what you see when that happens. Um, and that's right. But I think it's, it's about the heart of the person and whether or not, uh, they're willing to see that or not. And so I think, I think there's two sides of it. I think that there's a lot of pastors and leaders um, and families in general who this kind of like global timeout is going to give them an opportunity to see how disconnected they have been and give them an opportunity to connect yeah, in a new way um, yes, and maybe God. create some new rhythms for their family. Like, you know, Tommy, I've been loving to see your, you know, you guys, you and your kids, like you guys are doing all kind of, crazy stuff, just hanging out, having late night talks and playing games together and doing things That's you weren't able to do before. But I also think that on the other side of that, there are those where this is just going to amplify the, the, the brokenness, the division, right. the lack of connection. Like mm -hmm. how many, I, I can't help but wonder like how many pastors are now at home, you know, 20, you know, 20, 23 hours a day or whatever. And, and they're spending all of that time trying to figure out how to make the church work and spend all that time on the phone with their congregation spending all that time trying to figure out how to stream. And, and, and it's, and their family and their kids are sitting there like, wow, 
you know, dad, mom, whoever is home now, and yet mm. they still don't have they still don't have time for us. Right. And, right. Uh, That's good. You know, just is it? And, and there's there's been the same question asked uh, of of the church normal now too. Like, is this going to make people after this is over? just want us to make everything super convenient for them. Are they even going to want to come to church anymore? Are they just going to, now we've gotten used to be able to just wake up in our pajamas and watch church from home. Like, and, and and while I don't think that'll probably be the, the, the widespread common reaction. You can't wear pajamas at church. I think, I think that there's, I think that, I think that, yeah, I think that those people who already had that attitude towards the church may end up in this time if they don't have a heart and a willingness to be open to, to, to what the Holy Spirit is showing us during this time to then just press into that even mm. farther. Like, oh, I don't even have to go to church anymore because now my church has a live stream. Cool. And I'm going to disconnect even more from relationship and even more from community um, and have even less accountability. So I think there's two sides of that coin. Like, I think this is an amazing opportunity and I, I, I fully believe and have been a, a intentionally praying that this op- this would give an opportunity for some pastors and their families to, to be healed mm-hmm. and restored and to even grow in their love and connection and, and health. Um, but also recognizing that, that, that there may be some, that this is even going to widen the divide mm. as, that, as that pastor, as that leader shows that they really don't care about their family at all. Cause even though now that they're home all day, every day, they're still focused only on ministry. Come on. Yeah, that's absolutely um, right. Rob, what but do you think? I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, 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 no. You go ahead. You go ahead. I was wondering, cause Jesse just said something. What do you think? And I don't want to, uh, blow past the, the whole family dynamic, but what do you think, um, based on what Jesse said, do you actually, do you actually think, do, I guess you guys can all answer this question. Do you actually think that people would opt out of when this is all over, opt out of actually coming back to church? I mean, it's like the same thing with like Netflix and AMC at home right now. Like people are always going to go to movies uh, regardless of sure. what options we have at home, do you think folks are really going to be like, you know, what, I, I ain't going to go to church. We can do it online. You know, good question. I, I'm like I said when we first started this this podcast. I think God's up to something big, huge. Yeah. And and you know, sometimes Jesus said things um, that people didn't want to hear, and he was he was calling out essentially separating the folks who were just after the fishes and the loaves and the ones who were really wanted him. So I think that those, yeah. Oh, I don't need the, I don't need church. I don't, that's only revealing who they, they really are, but the people who are really being drawn to God, they're going to want to come back to church. And, and so to me, it's, this is a huge strengthening season. Yeah, you know, that's good. ask my congregation, you know, what is God doing right now? What is God doing in your faith? What's he doing in your marriage, your church? What's he doing in the world? And because I'm just a firm believer that, 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 like James said, we count it all joy when we fall into various trials. Right. And it's not that the trial's joyful, but it's we know God's producing something through the trial. Mm-hmm. And he's producing something in us that it's like when Jesus, he didn't enjoy the cross, but the Bible says that for the joy... <laughs> For him, he endured right. the cross. Right. So do we have our sights set on the joy, the good thing, the the thing that God's doing on the other side 
out of this crisis. And that's where I land on. I believe that God is doing a huge, um, um, I don't, almost like a reset mm-hmm. with the church. Reset it's a, it's, in how it's, we think. It's, a the, it's the threshing floor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He's separating the wheat from the chaff right now in the sense that, yeah, I think there's an opportunity where the church, the church that comes back together at the end of this is going to be a church that's hungry for the things of God and they're hungry for discipleship because that's all that we've had to hang on to during this time right. without all the other extra stuff. Um, and, and, and I'm absolutely with you, Rob. I think that it's just going to be an amazing season for the church. I believe it's a, I believe it's a harvest season. I believe we're about to enter. Yeah. Oh. Like we've never seen before in our wow. life. I I, I want to just say I wholeheartedly agree, uh, Pastor Rob. I don't think flesh and blood revealed. I, I don't think that flesh and blood revealed that to you. That came from heaven. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm serious. I, I, I I'll, I'll go back to say, uh, this is a fire that reveals. Absolutely. There's going to be a separation from the wheat from the tares. And listen, let me pause and say, God bless who wants to stay watching online. For sure. Our our church averaged 150 adults on a Sunday. We've been averaging over a thousand views. And that's that's across the the board. Lord. Mike, that's, right. that's, that's across the board. I, I noticed right. Rob, Rob's church as well, the same thing, the same exact thing. Why and in the heck would we stop live streaming? That's right. wonderful. Right. Stay watching. 80, 85% of our church give online anyway. Praise Jesus. We yeah. don't care. So, yeah. um, but those, according to, um, uh, where was it in uh, the book of, Lord have mercy, uh, in First John, uh, John dropped a major bomb on the church he was ministering to. He said, listen, they'll know who we are, how? By the simple fact that they will remain. God's love right. is not a conditional love that checks out when we have a problem. Right. We'll right. know who they are by the ones who remain. Right. So praise the Lord. It's a revealing fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yes. I'm with Pastor Rob. Um, those who say, yeah, I'll stay doing Netflix church, God bless you. That's why we're going to keep live streaming. Right. But but it's right. going to open a seat for those who, right. who want to get close to the fire because there is no just, I, I, uh, I love how the Lord uses the world to give us truths uh, in the spirit. For sure. Uh, the, the I forget his title, but the guy who is the superintendent for all schools for Washington State, listen to what he said. When they closed all schools for the rest of the year, he said, y'all, we got to do this now. He said, but make no mistake, there is no substitute for in-person teaching. Right. Right. There is no substitute. Right, right. For that. We just got to do the best we can. It's the same thing. You can watch church online if you want to, but there is no substitute. Yeah. For yeah. being in the present. Yeah, so right. uh, uh, we're going we to keep pu- pushing. Let's not forsake the gathering together of believers. But if you need to gather... Uh, online, God bless you. And there, there yeah. are churches too. There are models around the country who have been ahead of the curve. There's churches that have that was smart enough to start already uh, uh, electronic communities for their church <laughs> to understand. It's just going to be people for whatever reason, right? Whether their job has them traveling all the time or right. whatnot, they just can't make it. So mm-hmm. we're going to create the most electronic digital church family experience for them that we can do. And that's right. all we're going to have to do. It's, right. it's all good. Yeah. So if this is your, your, you guys have just basically, if there are any other uh, senior leaders listening, church leaders listening, you just encourage them to take heart, 
that it's not the end of the world if people are watching online they don't have to they don't have to come in especially if and we mentioned this uh before you got on if they have a healthy community outside of sunday in place because that's the other thing uh and andy stanley says that uh people don't grow in rows they grow in circles that's right they grow when they're sitting in front of each other, talking to each other, telling each other about their their ups, downs, their their curves, their straight ways, you know what I'm saying? And um and, right. and how they're getting on. You can't really do that on a Sunday. You know what I'm saying? As, especially on. for us who's leading on a Sunday. How I don't I don't when I finish, <laughs> I want to leave and come home, make my sandwich, <laughs> sit on the couch, come on now, and take a nap. I'm not trying to stay. I'm not trying to stay there and talk for for four or five hours. Now you catch me right. Monday, Tuesday. I'm good. Let's let's have right. a conversation. I want to know how you're doing. Uh, I exactly. want you to tell me how you're doing. I want to tell you how I'm doing. Um, right. So so those those uh, bodies that have those small groups, they're after Sunday intact. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's encouraging. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the I think one of the biggest messages that that we're all getting from this is that Sunday morning is not enough, and that your pastor is not enough. Uh, and and hopefully that that's, that's going to cr- and continue to create and foster this desire for that uh, a smaller group, a community relationship outside of Sunday morning, outside of your pastoral leadership staff, like Christians living their life of faith together, neighbors living their life of faith together, friends Amen. living their life of faith together. Still- because that's because right now we're recognizing that what we thought was enough isn't enough because now we don't have it. Mm. And, and and I think there's an opportunity there for this fostering of this desire for the other things that are really going to become fertilizer for our faith. Amen. Uh, and, and that's one of the things I'm most excited for is just this, this switching. It's like uh, when I, when I did my first Daniel fast, when I did my first 21 day beginning of the year, Daniel fast at our old, old church, it, it, it reprogrammed my taste buds. Ever since then, I've I've not really been. I can't do a lot of like chocolate. I can't do super sweet desserts anymore. Like yeah. it just became too much sure. because my my body's taste buds got reprogrammed in that through that fast. And I think this is doing the same thing for people's faith taste buds. <clears throat> their their uh, Christian life taste buds are switching to desire more of that intimate relationship, that connection outside of Sunday mornings. And I think that's beautiful. And yeah. and and we all know we all know that that's going to explode people's growth in their faith yeah. and in their walk with Christ. And, and as leaders, there's nothing we want more than that. Okay. So can we be, can we, can we be honest? Cause listen, I, I know, I, I know Pastor Jesse, I know his heart, me and, and Tommy, uh, uh, we get to know each other. Great. Our daughters are like freaking frack. Right. Uh, they the homie homies. And, and I'm looking forward to I always forget to about that. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's my dude. We've been, we've been actually, Abigail's been talking about, we need to do our family dinner. So maybe we get to do it on Zoom or something. Something and then, like that. And then after it's over, we'll hang out. And, and Pastor Rob, you looking so cool over there at that leather jacket. I'm looking forward to getting to know you, brother. But I, I said, you don't even know. Rob is Rob is on point all the time. He, 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 he look like he look like he got a little white chocolate on him. He got some swag. Uh, right. And, and he can sing and play guitar too. So don't sleep. Don't sleep. All right, all right. That's what's up. So I'm saying that to say because I because I know Pastor Jesse is gonna is gonna flow with me because me and him talk about this a lot. Let's let's be honest, man. 
uh, I had to share with several pastors. Uh, they close, and you know, you know, your close friends when they can speak hard truths to you, and you can reciprocate. For sure. So, so I had to let some of my good friends who I know can preach the horns off of Billy Goat. Let's be honest. There are certain churches. The pastor has been able to get by with just being the Sunday preacher because they that good. Right. Mm. But but this fire, you're gonna have to know how to be a pastor. Mm. Yeah. It's a whole but different nobody care about your preaching now. You you gonna it's have a to whole be different a pastor. Or or the other the other side, because again again, we understand if we understand the five-fold ministry, we understand like me, right? I am not gifted to be a pastor. That is gotcha. that's pastor and evangelist are the bottom of my giftings. Like gotcha. I, I'm about equipping the saints and I'm a preacher and I'm a teacher, a little prophetic tale on that. Which I think every preacher teacher has to have. Right. But I was taught, I was Absolutely. in the park. We were in the parking lot, a Safeway, and we ran into pastor Mike's wife and his daughter. Yeah. And uh, his, it, we've gotten to know his daughter through camp. And uh, so we were just shooting it up, talking about church and everything and all the cool stuff you guys are doing, pastor Mike. And one yes, of the key brother. things that came out of that was that in this season of being disconnected, uh, pastors who have any kind of sense in their brains are really learning how to delegate right now. Right. I can't do Absolutely. it all because well, I'm not there with you anymore. And so the people who are there with you, I, I need people to take on things. And like yes. you said, Pastor Mike, uh, some, some leaders are making themselves known to pastors right now in the season because they're the ones coming and saying, what can I do? Absolutely. And, and so there's, I think that's an, that's an amazing yeah. opportunity in the church too, is that we're having to disseminate responsibility for all these that's ministry good, things because we're not able to gather everyone into a yeah. place where one man can do all the ministry. Yeah. Right. Um, so that, I think that's and, incredible. And, that's, and that was my point is uh, this, what, what has to be challenged as we talk about going back to new normals or going back to the old way, I think what preachers uh, have to do, I think the elephant in the room is ultimately uh, certain preachers are going to have to get over themselves. No, you're 100% correct. And, and get over the fact that they have created ministries that, that was used to circling around them. Right, yeah. based on their character, their personality. Yeah. And that's not going to work. And I think maybe, if anything, is that the indictment that God is dealing with in the wake of this crisis? It's forcing us to remember Woo. what this was about in the first place. Yeah. It's not, it's not about Thomas one man. Show. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Is we there's only one celebrity at Radiant, and that's mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, and that's what makes uh, the greatest TV show, in my humble opinion, in recent history, which is The Walking Dead. Okay. Walking Dead is dope. What makes that show so dope, what makes that show so dope is the fact that we all know no character is guaranteed. Right. Anybody. The story is bigger than the actor. That's right. Yeah. That's can right. I, can That's I, what uh, makes can it I, great. Can I, can I uh, talk about another angle of that? Because... Yeah. You got the preachers, the dynamic preachers and ministries built on those personalities, which is sure. sustainable because when the preacher goes, the church, church goes. Right. What, about, what about when you flip this and, and think about the Come sheep, on. the sheep who have been overly reliant on a man of God, a Christ in their church, See? God dealing with them. Come on. When they don't, they don't get to access to that person anymore. They don't get to see the sermons anymore. They don't Come get on. Altar, have them lay hands on you, do the Holy Ghost thing, and come up the next week and the next week and the next week, and always come back for another another touch. 
How sure. are you going to get in touch with God when your pastor is not Preach there sure. to, to lay hands on you? Because we can't be within six feet. Yeah. Sure. Right. To, use, to use Pastor Mike's analogy of, of the walking dead, it, it's just like with, you know, uh, uh, Carl. Rick had to tell him, like, you got to grow up. You got to grow up. You got to right. grow up That's because, right. because you could die at any moment, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, you guys, Pastor Mike, you know, we've talked about this. I talk about this a lot, that, that the current uh, popular church model uh, overall, um, I believe, serves the purpose of keeping Christians immature so that we need them, so that they rely on us, so they Thank keep you. giving money. Right. Uh, Thank you. So, so we keep having a salary, so we keep getting esteemed as the preacher, the pastor. I, I know none of us have that heart, but I think that that's the predominant heart in ministry a lot of times, whether it's overt or covert, whether people recognize or not, that's how the model functions. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have a church that's so full of immaturity. But when situations like that's this good, happen, exactly like you said, Pastor Rob, when you no longer have oh, like this pastor has to tell me what the word of the Lord is. This pastor has to tell right. me what it is that I'm supposed to do. I right. don't know how to function with this. So pastor, pray for me. Mm. Like right now, the immature sheep are having to grow up really mm. fast and learn how to seek God, hear God, rely on God, find peace in God. And they're yeah. growing up at an accelerated rate. And like I said, I, I really good. think that this season is going to serve as a, a, a you know an incubator a, a fertilization yeah. for people's yeah. faith and we're gonna the church is gonna come out on the other side of this yeah there's gonna be some people that we lose yeah the chaff mm-hmm. is gonna get blown away in the wind yeah. but Absolutely. the ones who remain are gonna be so much stronger and their faith is just gonna blossom because they're gonna have realized and had to deal with and then connected with God because they couldn't rely on us anymore because we weren't right. able to well, be there all the time. But there are people okay. who, who can't, they, they, they're learning, they, they, can, they can enter into, into the presence of God outside of the church walls and not yeah. around people. Going into their own prayer right. closet, they can have that experience with God on their own. And yeah. that's part of the new covenant. That's one of the pillars of the new covenant where it says that basically I make you a new creation God's going to be dealing with each of you from the least of them to the greatest of them. Yeah. The old That's personally, right. And you'll have no more need of a teacher. Of course we have teachers and pastors, but right. Is, but is it's the need for a relationship it. With God. Right. You have your own relationship. Yeah. With God. Right. There's uh, I've been saying this since this, this whole thing started and that the, the need, the actual need is not for the the person, but for people to stand up and actually stir up the gift in other people, because yes. now is the time uh, for those books, for those podcasts, for those whatever it is that we have been and some of the folks in in our congregations have been putting off because of work, because they got to drive yeah. seventeen different places with all their seventeen different kids. They have time now, and it's up to us to encourage them. Hey, you can do what God has called you to do. Now's the time to do it. You don't need me. You, matter of fact, you've been you've been saved for thirty five years. Come you on, you have done nothing in that thirty five years, but rely on me to do it all for you. Rely on Come Jesse. On. Rely on Rob. Rely on Mike and other pastors. And exactly what you guys said is now time for us to help them understand. Like uh, Stephen Covey says. Not to be dependent and not to be independent, but to be interdependent. A healthy relationship with yes. the senior leader so that they know, yeah, I don't need you, need you. But I know what you have shown me. You've helped me to see that from where I started, 
I can, I now have enough to continue to go and to also help someone else go. Our, our former pastor that um, uh, we used to lead with in New York used to say, you have to be, you have to think of yourself as a one-eyed person in the valley of the blind. Yeah. The whole point of that is that not that I will be a leader forever of the blind people because I have one eye is what I'll be able to help someone with no vision gain some vision so that they can in turn do that with somebody else. And, uh, this is the perfect, the perfect season for that. Um, I, I pray, and I know you guys are praying that leaders will pop up, um, all over the place out, out, out of this. And, um, uh, that those senior leaders will be like, like me right now, my wife and I are excited to see how our kids are growing in this time. Our son is like drawing like crazy. Our other son is doing music like crazy. Our daughter's cooking and learning how to play the guitar. Like these are things that they weren't doing before this, you, you, you know what I'm saying? And we're just looking at them like, yes, Lord, thank you. And so, um, I think a lot of senior leaders, that's what, in our, in our heart of hearts, we really want to see the people that we're teaching grow so they can teach some other people. You Amen. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I was thinking about too. I just, I just had this thought as you were saying that Tommy, that like, uh, I I've been, I've had a love hate relationship with the term, the new normal, right? Because we know, <laughs> we, we know, or at least we hope that this, uh, this whole situation is going to be temporary for sure. And yet, yeah. As you were saying that Tommy, I was just thinking about, I think one of the powerful opportunities in how long this is going on is that it, it, it's, it's providing an opportunity for this to become a part of the new normal. Absolutely. Yeah. If it had just been a, if it had just been a few weeks, you know, people might've engaged in those activities, Tommy, and, and pressed into some of these new things to do, try to fill up the time, sure. but they would not have become a part of our lifestyle. Yeah. I think the opportunity and right. how long this is continuing on is that, that, that passion for cooking or that passion for music has an opportunity to become embedded in our life right. rhythm enough right. to where it will sustain after we go back to being able to meet and, and our schedules go back to what they used to be. We'll make right. time for those things because we got a, we got connected and addicted. They became a habit in our life. Y'all got and me I over here rocking. We, I'm so excited. We know, <laughs> we know, but listen, we know, we know, know uh as leaders we've been privileged to understand that the greatest way to grow as a disciple is through serving or or the greatest way to to grow as a disciple is to disciple others right mm -hmm. and i think i think this what this season is creating for us to do for our people is to model jesus when he fed the five five thousand or fifteen thousand if you include the women and children right is uh Jesus was like, all right, the people hungry. What we gonna do? The disciples was like, man, we ain't got enough food. Ain't, ain't no winco around here. What you what you want us to do? You better send these people out of here. Right. Jesus, the, the Greek tells us you that, do it. <laughs> yeah. He emphasized the Greek says that Jesus almost said it like he was pissed off. Right. You give them something to eat. Right. Like, what you think I've been pointing to you for? Right. So, so I've had the same attitude right. with my people. What y'all gonna do? Right. And, and right. I think our, it's our goal to let our people know, yeah, we may have, we may only have two pieces of fish and five pieces of bread, but if we give it to Jesus, he'll take our little and make it much. So yeah. let's bring what we got 
to the table. And I love how Jesus invites us to partner with him in doing the miraculous. What can we bring to the table? And I think if we give people an opportunity to do that, we mm-hmm. our minds will be blown. Yo. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I found this kid in my church. This boy know everything about live streaming. Praise the Lord. I don't know anything about this stuff. Yeah. This 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 boy said, man, I done found my ministry, Jack. See? See? You know, because we got to give people space to bring what they got to the table. Thank you. Yeah. Hey. hey. Good. Rob, you had something? Well, I was going to say real quick. Um, y'all, I'm sure as pastors, you hear, you know, people complaining about getting burnout, serving too much, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. No, yeah. you can't come back from this and say, I've been scheduled too many weeks. <laughs> come on now. Oh, I, I need a month off. I got to work for that, Rob. Right, right, right. We'll see who really wants to serve, who really right. wants to serve. Absolutely. I love that, hey. Pastor Mike. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, I did this to I did this to our leaders. This is so great. So I take them through uh, uh, scripture studies to set the tone for our meeting. I took them through Ephesians four. Paul says he greets and says, I, Paul, a prisoner yeah. of the gospel. Yeah. And I lingered on that adjective prisoner. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, what prisoner, you know, goes to the warden and say, I got a headache today. I can't do it. <laughs> what prisoner says, you've scheduled me too much. I, I can't make it today. No prisoner going to tell that to the warden. You ain't got no choice. That's Let another That's another podcast. We're going to have to have Mike on. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Because that's another yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, that's for church leaders, that one. Right, yeah, right. Every, everybody wants, watch this. Everybody wants the later part of chapter four some are evangelists, some right, teachers, right, some right. this. But but you got to deal with verse one. You can't get to that until you recognize you're a prisoner. Paul's, there is no, I, I check in and check out. That's, that's why his you whole stop saying thing. volunteer in the church. That's why. Oh my God. Volunteer right, ain't biblical. Goodbye. Paul, we're finished. Paul, we're, Paul we're finished. a, a slave to Christ. People don't. Done. I, 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 I do the same thing when we go through the, you know, some of these scriptures. Like, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just run past this because we don't like using, talking about the word slavery anymore. Right. I'm like, look, it, you may not like to think about it that way, but while we are sons and daughters and Jesus is our brother and we're seated in heavenly places and all of that stuff is true. We are also slaves to Christ and Uh, and he is our master and we should not be running around. And there's that passage that forget where it is. And and it's, it's kind of harsh. It's actually Jesus. And he's saying, you know, if, if, you know, the master comes home and the, the, the slave comes from the field from working and then cooks him dinner, he doesn't say thank you to the slave. The slave has right. just yeah. done his duty. Right. He doesn't say sit down and eat with me. And it's like, that's yeah. kind of harsh. But Jesus was saying, this is the relationship. You're running around doing what you should be doing and wanting right. kudos from me. And at the same right. time, yeah, like Pastor Mike said, asking for breaks the days off and uh, you're, you're acting like you're a, 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 you know, a, a hourly employee Entitled. Uh, as opposed to a slave. Right. And here's the connection. Man. One last thing. Here's the connection to Ephesians 4. I pair it with the paralyzed, the four friends who took the paralyzed to yep. Jesus. And I'll say the way we prevent burnout is if everybody holds on to the reality that we are prisoners, the ministry will be burnout proof. We create right. rotational ministry because like right. that, 
all of us may, the reason why we don't know the name of the paralyzed is because we just playing musical chairs. It could be right. one of those five that's in a season that say, hey man, I'm tired, I can't do it. And may there be a team that can still help me get to Jesus even when I can't walk. So you that's how saying? you make it burnout proof. And we need to have, we don't need to just have one person on the sound team. We need right. to have a team of six people. So yeah. when somebody say, hey, I'm tired, okay, I got you. Right. I'll take over, I'll process it, yeah. I love that uh, um, you guys have done away with the term volunteer that's that's something yeah. that i pray spreads like wildfire through the church because you cannot find a definition of volunteer in the new testament at all no paul no. talks about and, being on yeah. on post um being a prisoner being a slave to that's right. being compelled to uh, rob and i talk about paul all the time that's that's my uh if i could have a spiritual doppelganger or a biblical doppelganger that would uh i would be Paul, That's good. Uh, but because I, I want to understand and help people understand, no, you're not a volunteer. Stop saying that yeah. you were created to do this. And if you weren't, then you need to find where you were supposed where you exactly. are supposed to be serving. Yeah. Um, we, we use the term servant leaders. See, we, we replace volunteer for servant leader. Now check this out. I heard, I heard somebody say yesterday, I was listening to a podcast yesterday that, that, that phrase is redundant because a leader is supposed to be, a servant. Anyway, we just, <laughs> you know what I'm maybe saying? Maybe we should just call him That's so funny. servant. Maybe we should just stop being so easy on just call him slaves. Right. <laughs> hey, when are you talking about Jesus, I don't mind. I'll be a slave. I'll be a slave to the master. You know but, what, though? But God puts a want to. Somebody born again. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's there not you a go. burden. Even, even, it's not a burden to do it. It's a want to. It's a want to. We have to draw out that want to because it's, yeah. it's a dentured servant. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. paid all my you paid my price you paid the price for me yeah yeah least I can this is not this is the my least I could do it's my reasonable service not my yeah. service yeah right everything right. isn't radical it's reasonable yeah right wow. that's, that's that's awesome good. that's awesome that's good and in closing to, just to be respectful of you guys time what has been the hardest thing for you to change what has been the easiest thing for you to change for me. Uh, I'll just go go first. Um, for me, the hardest thing is be when I start working, I tend to not. I mean, I'm almost like an ostrich. My head is down, and uh, I don't. I don't hear anything. I don't want to see anybody. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I've had to learn in this time because I've had time to do to 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 get a lot of work done. Um, I've had to stop myself and be like, all right, go go check on the kids, go check on the wife. Um, sure. And, and since she's been home working, kind of put myself on her schedule. When she's finished work, I, I finish. So we can mm -hmm. be together um, and, uh, and kind of do, do stuff like that. So the easiest thing for me to do is to keep, was to keep up on, um, you know, to, to not play catch up when this is all over, but to make sure I'm ahead of the curve. So that's been kind of easy um, to do. And reading, I picked up, picked up my reading pace a little bit <laughs> in this time. It, it, it was hard for, for, for a minute, but, um, but I picked it back up. Yeah. I think for me, the easiest thing was just being home all the time. I mean, I, I'm an introvert. Oh, yeah, that's I don't true. really care. Um, that's, that's kind of like my happy place is just chilling at home, <laughs> doing my, doing my thing. Uh, you know, my, we always tell people, and it's in our bio on our website, like, uh, Jen and I are, are 
fairly unique as far as we can tell from married couples in the fact that we spend pretty much 24 hours of every day together. When, when we were at church working, we were in the office together. Like we do anything and everything together. So, you know, that wasn't That's a blessing. shift. Uh, yeah. And, and we still like each other. So, um, <laughs> so that wasn't a really a big shift. So that was pretty easy for me. What was hard in that though, was that I had this rhythm that when, when I came home or when I got to be home, you know, on my Sabbath on Monday, when I got to kind of do that disconnect to kind of be in my happy place, then that's all I would do. And, you know, I, I watch, you know, Pastor Mike knows, Tommy, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I love movies. So yeah, that when I'm home, that's when I get to just unplug and just watch the movies and enjoy myself. But what was happening early on in this quarantine was that's all I was doing. Because gotcha. that was that was how my mind and my spirit was programmed when I'm home. This is what we do. We hang out together. We might play right. a few games, but I don't really like to do that a whole lot either. And we watch a lot of Netflix and stuff. But then I realized after like the first week, I'm like, that's all I'm doing. I'm spending all day, every day doing that. And so the hardest thing for me was to reprogram myself into into work mode. And also, like you said, Tommy, into, you know, doing the, some of the things God's been telling me to do. So I've been putting, putting chapters down on this book um, and getting into that mode of spending time at home working because my, my mentality was always when I'm home, that's, that's my downtime. Um, gotcha. And so I had, I had to shift that. I wasn't used to working at home and being disciplined about that. So. Rob, and I'm only yeah. asking Rob to go next. Cause that's how it was showing up on this uh, screen is me. That's so funny. <laughs> You know, um, this has been, a, I've, I've enjoyed this time. You know, I, I moved my office uh, into my garage, so it's been kind of cold. That's the hardest part is when it was colder. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, my business, I, I, I pretty much support myself through my coaching business. I've got a business coaching business. Um, everything is shut down. Like nobody is going to be spending money right now. So I've, I've shifted. Yeah focus on doing new things. I, I, I invested in um, a full-blown podcast. I was telling you guys about the podcast equipment. Um, we've, uh, and so it's, it's been a lot more focus on ministry and creating new channels of communication, some new strategies, which is fantastic. And so I've been stretching myself and find myself out here just all day as if I was at the office, just constantly working on things. Um, so I've really, really enjoyed, enjoyed just taking my mind off some of the other things that I normally have to do and yeah. focus on uh, new things. So that's been awesome. Um, it's hard with, you know, it's hard, um, you know, with the, the husband and wife and the kid dynamic with the four kids at home, it gets crazy, you know, every day, all day. And, and I, sure. I don't feel right about leaving all of, all of the burden on, on my wife. So, so I need to, to break away and, and, uh, take some of the burden off of her. The kids aren't in school, you know? Um, and so it's kind of like a little bit, I've got a ton more respect for how hard it is to be home with four kids all day. Yeah. Um, there's some husbands learning how to respect their wives' lives right yeah, now. Right. It's hard work. I mean, they, they're just climbing on you. I got a four-year-old. I mean, they just constant. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a hard thing and a good thing because it's, it's developed a lot more respect for, for that role. That's mm -hmm. dope. 
Thank you, man. What 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 about you, Mike? Uh, what's been easy <clears throat> has been um, let me see. I think what's been easy is adjusting uh, me uh, maintaining my health. So uh, I'm a type two diabetic. For those that don't know. Um, and so it's absolutely paramount for me to one practice social distancing because I fall in that category of uh, uh, preconditions. Uh, if, if we catch it, it, we're at a higher risk of having some serious complications. Um, by the way, whole nother conversation too. But there's there's a growing pandemic of the uh, ratio of African Americans in this country contracting this COVID disease. That's a whole nother issue. Yeah, but um, but transferring like we converted our garage into a gym, which has been a blessing. So dope. Uh, and uh, it's it's been great. Like it's been really good working out well. My numbers are good. Uh, last time I had my doctor's appointment, she was excited uh, about uh, me just maintaining my health, and I have to. It's, it's such a part of uh, me being able to do what I do. Um, is directly linked to my health. So uh, that's, praise God, that's been easy for both me and Kim to uh, convert our garage into a gym. I think what's been hard is, and it's so funny, uh, Jesse, I feel like we're on the opposite end of that spectrum of processing (laughs) because, yeah, and I've been, I, I have not, I've been a little envious of people who've been able to just chill. I feel like, so, Church planting, I don't know if any of you have been a part of church planting, but uh, it's like the hardest thing on the planet to do. And in seven years, like right before this pandemic hit, Radiant was in a sweet place. We had just got a multi-purpose facility. We just moved into what GeekWire magazine called the most technologically advanced school in the country, which is Satori Elementary right there in Renton. Uh, the principal is a member of our church. So we had that on Sunday. We got the multi-purpose facility throughout the week. So we had all the benefits of having a building without a building bully in the budget. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was great. So we were really humming along. We, Kim and I were delegating stuff off our place, starting to feel like an established church. And then here comes COVID. And now it feels like church planting all over Guad because we got to redo all the systems. So we found ourselves having 10 to 12 hour days, five days a week. It felt like church planting again because this, uh, we didn't, we, the last time we worked this hard when we were starting the church. So it was just redoing website, uh, getting all of our leaders together and rethinking through systems and structures. Yeah. So, and, and we're, we're scrolling saying everybody chilling and I'm like, well, I wish I could do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It kind of feeling uh so you know I think that's Tom, Tommy hard. Tommy and I have a little bit of a benefit over you two because we're not the lead best. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. No, and I get that. So I'm just saying I think that's been hard, but that's also what we've been fighting for because I'm recognizing I'm sure Rob you could agree. I'm fighting for the fact that I don't want to miss the opportunity of having that intimacy with my people during this time either. For sure. So, um, so, and we're getting there. So like, even right now we worked hard, but even now we're starting to see, okay, now we got the kind of systems in place that one are flexible enough to change as this pandemic changes. 
but it's kind of giving us, okay, now we can, all right, y'all, um, Good Friday is my Sabbath day. This is the only work I'm doing today was this podcast mm, and, and yeah. getting out and getting out of a weekend devotional for our church leading up to our live stream on Sunday. But I'm chilling, man. I'm about to do some TikTok and cooking and that's what's and up. Sleeping and hanging out. I, I'm yeah. Learning I'm, how to faster. learning how to rest in this in this time. That's been hard. I think yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I had thing, I had a bad happened. day the other day. I was like, I can't. Should I rest? I don't understand. Should I not do anything? And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, Yeah. Don't do anything right now. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. On, online, digital, or in person, man, you still got to have a Sabbath. Still got to have right. a Sabbath. Come I mean, I know, I know, uh, I mean, we're, you know, not only in pastoral care, but just our friends and on Facebook. And, you know, it's, there are definitely, it's definitely a, a very much in the forefront of Jen and my mind right now. Like, and this is a realization we came to a couple of years ago um, when God kind of shifted our hearts from focusing on the fact that we, had had two miscarriages and mm. didn't have kids um, and and to actually love it, like just being satisfied with our life and like, oh, you know what? I love our life right now. And recognizing oh, that we have a, we have a burden. We, we don't have a, a burden in ministry that many other pastors have to carry. Um, and not that kids are a burden, but they require time. They require sure. focus. They require resources that we don't have to spend that we can focus on ministry. And, and uh, de- during a shutdown like this, we're like, man, if we had kids, <laughs> so yeah. bless man, you guys. That's I'm, good. I'm praying yeah. for you guys. Uh, God strengthen you and give you peace and all Thank that. Thank you. Hey, Hallelujah. so where can people, if they want to um, connect with you, Pastor Rob, where can they where can they go? Oh, I mean, our website's imaginechurch.org, but, uh, uh, you know, you can go there and, and, but we do a lot on Facebook now. So we're live streaming Sundays, um, and some other things It's facebook.com slash imagine church TV. Um, but if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can go to the website, Facebook, or, or my emails, Rob at imaginechurch.org. So, uh, Yeah. What about you, Pastor Mike? Where can people reach out to you if they want to find out more about uh, Radiant or just check you out, see your show Absolutely. Skills? Absolutely. Uh, that's so good. Uh, <laughs> our website is our Grand Central Station. If you want to know any and everything, go to RadiantSeattle.org. Uh, RadiantSeattle.org. You can find our YouTube, Facebook, what's happening, what's going on, how we processing it, and ultimate links to me on the About page. So everything flows through radiant seattle all one word.org that's what's up and jesse yep. where can people go if they have questions of you and i or they want to they have topic suggestions where can they go yeah uh faith chair podcast at gmail.com or uh our facebook page the faith chair uh you guys can um yeah shoot us emails ask questions uh comments like i said i'm still I'm kind of mad that it's been this long and we still haven't gotten any angry hate mail. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like maybe we, we should talk about feathers. LGBTQ. I, I, and I feel like we ruffle enough feathers on this uh, <laughs> podcast. We should have gotten something by now. But yeah, any, anything, uh, topic ideas, conversations, um, uh, questions, whatever. Yeah, faith, uh, the faith, uh, what did I say? Faith chair podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So my wife and I are going shooting later on today. There is one range open. 
Yeah, I need to. I need to away. do that, Doc. Me and Kimbin. Are you serious? Kimbin, I thought I saw you pull out a gap. I didn't want to say nothing. I did. I did. I thought I saw you pull out a gap. I pulled it out because I'm sitting in this wooden chair and it's how is, me in my how, is the, how is the shooting range an essential business? Seriously. I have I have no idea. Because, but because nobody oh, because, because nobody's going down there trying to shut it down. That's I guess oh, yeah, it's essential now. <laughs> Man, you gotta hook me and Kim up, Doc. We've been we've been we've been uh talking and talking about for, for the, years getting our license and uh and, yeah, because Pastor Mike from Chicago, he he holds it like this. It's easier. That's a shame. <laughs> it's easier to get it here in Washington. I got mine in like two weeks. Yeah, hook us up, bro. Yeah, I need I need to do that. I I'll believe in you. laying hands, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna put a pause in you. I'm laying hands like, and putting that's old school. I'm an old school Christian in that way. I believe in packing in the name of oh, Jesus. Oh, I know that's right. Yo, it's been this this was awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing. Um, your your hearts your thoughts um and um let's keep praying for the big c church during this during this time so y'all have an awesome day awesome rest of the day awesome good friday and um and god bless you and happy easter happy easter happy easter much love to y'all god bless your ministry gentlemen yeah god bless you guys you too bless you everybody Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. Until then, we'll see you next time on The Faith Faith Share. Share.